Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Verse 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that this is 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? You know, it's important to know that you are the temple of God. Amen. The Amplified Bible says, do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth? Well, if it was true for the church at Corinth, it's true here. Amen. Amen. That you are God's temple, his sanctuary. And that God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually. Amen. We talked this morning just briefly, uh, picked up on something that Pastor Greg ministered last Sunday on making sure we continually value the presence of the Lord. And I pointed out the fact that it's, it's, it's one thing to know the Lord. It's one thing to be born again, be a child of God that gives you an, an intimate, very real relationship with God. It's not just God off in heaven. He becomes your father. You become his child. That's an important thing. But it's important to have his presence in our life. And I illustrated it this morning like this. If you have a dear loved one, if you're married, your spouse, it's, you know, you have a relationship with that spouse. You could be married many, many years and you've built on that relationship. It's a wonderful relationship. You know you love one another. You know how each other thinks. You know how you think. You know how, you know, you know what your spouse's response would be to different things because you know them. It's good to know them, but it's another thing to be in their presence. You value being in their presence. And if you don't believe it, just go away for a while. Just go on an extended trip somewhere or be separated, you know, for some reason. And, oh, you long for that presence. You can talk to them on the phone. You can write letters. You, you know, you, the relationship still exists. But, but there's something about being in the presence of that dear one. You longed for that, for that fellowship to be in there, just to be around them again just to smell them, just to feel that touch, just to, to be in the, that embrace, just to, just to have that fellowship. Amen. Everything about them you long for when you're, when you're separated from that presence. Well, God wants to manifest his presence, not just in, in the sense that, that we know he's our father and we know we're his children, we know we're saved, we know we're, we're washed in the blood of Jesus and so forth, but we need to experience his presence. It's precious. If you remember when, when uh, in the Old Testament when Solomon dedicated the temple, you remember how the glory of God came in and filled the house of God. That was his presence. The glory of God is the presence of God. The presence of God is the glory of God. They're the same thing. And his presence filled the temple. And and his presence overcame the people there. The priests, they said, were not able to stand because of his presence, because of his glory that filled the temple of God. And they they could not stand to fulfill, you know, literally stand on their feet to fulfill all of the things that they were doing to minister unto the Lord. They, They couldn't take it anymore. I mean, physically, they fell out because of the of the power of his presence. Well, today, God doesn't dwell in, a, in an earth-made temple, in a you know, rock and stone and wood and mortar temple. He lives in us. We are the temple of God. We want, we want to experience his presence over and over and over again, not because of some sensational desire to, to feel something, to experience some emotional thing. It's not an emotional thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's not an emotional thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's our spirits hungering for the presence of the spirit of the living God. Amen. And so it's right for us 
to long for his presence, to long for his glory to fill the temple of God. It's right for us to long for it because it is his plan for the church. It is his plan for the temple of God today. It's his plan. It's his plan to fill us continually. Oh, hallelujah. Fresh, new, visit with us. Hallelujah. To visit with us. To, 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 to interact with each one of us and with us collectively as a church. To speak to us. To, to, to uh, just uh, uh, touch our hearts with his glory. He wants to do that. That's part of, that's part of what church is all about. For a lot of people, coming to church is just a religious exercise. Some people, to some people, it's a it's a, a, a sacred obligation where you have to go to church because if you don't go to church, you won't be a good Christian, and then he won't be pleased with you because you didn't go to church enough. And and so people, you know, they go to church out of obligation. They go out of a sense of of of. Uh, you know, wanting to please God in that sense, but it's, it's going to church it isn't about fulfilling some kind of a law or some kind of an obligation. It's about meeting together collectively with the church in the presence of God. It includes teaching and preaching the word. It's always going to include the word. It's always going to include the word because the word is what keeps us going the straight way, praise God. The word is what keeps us balanced. It's what keeps us focused so that we know that we know that we know that we're acting on the truth of God. The Holy Spirit will never lead us contrary to the truth. He'll always lead us in line with the truth and we have the word as the safeguard. Every time we meet together, we want to know what the word says, praise God. We want to feed on that word. There's life, there's refreshing in the word of God. But he also wants to manifest his present, his tangible presence. It was tangible in the Old Testament. It was tangible. It wasn't something that was, that was just imaginary. It was real. They could see the glory of God. The cloud of God filled the house of God. And they could see it. And they could feel it. And it had an impact on them. And it made a difference in their life. It changed their lives. Every time they got into the presence of God and his power was in manifestation, his glory was in manifestation, it always changed them. We're supposed to be changed, how? From glory to glory, how? Even as by the spirit of the living God. That's God's plan for us. Glory to God. Amen. Woo! I want, to, I want to experience his presence. I, I thank God for what I know. I, I thank God that my salvation is not based on what I feel or it's not based on some kind of a manifestation of the spirit. If the spirit doesn't manifest, I still know I'm a child of God. I still know I've been bought with the price. I still know I belong to him and he belongs to me. I still know he's my father and I'm the apple of his eye. I still know what belongs to me. I still know that I'm the healed, I'm the delivered, I'm the free, glory to God. I've been raised up, I've been prospered, I've been blessed in all things. I know that. I know that. It doesn't matter whether the spirit manifests or not. I know that because I know what I have. I know what's happened to me. But I still want his presence. Nothing, nothing, nothing takes the place of his presence in my life. Woo, glory to God. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. You know what the key was. You know it. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the key to the manifestation of his power and of his glory was the people of God coming together in one accord. Hallelujah. This is not some kind of psychological manipulation. Amen. It's not, it's not group think. It's not some kind of, like I said, some natural thing. It's it's people coming together with a mutual hunger for God. 
from the front row to the back, from one side to the other, from the platform to the back door, a hunger for God. People coming in hungry, ready to receive. We want the word. We want the truth. We want the spirit of God. We want to walk away after every service knowing that God has met with us. We've met with the Lord. He's, he's demonstrated himself. He's done something. Amen. In our midst. And it changes us. We ought to go out every time we meet together. We ought to walk out the door and say, Ooh, I was changed tonight. I came in one way. I went out another way. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In one accord. Hallelujah. Pastor Greg pointed this out last week. I pointed it out the same week in Texas. I made reference to the same thing that he did here last week. How on the day of, 20, uh, on the day of Pentecost, 120 people were present. Think about this. Pastor Greg said it so well last week. He said, the Bible says that after Jesus was raised from the dead, he appeared to the apostles. In the list, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 lists all those people. He appeared to the apostles and all. And then it says to over 500 brethren at one time. At one time, there was a crowd of over 500. It doesn't mention the cistern, just the brethren. Doesn't mention the sisters. So there's no telling how many people were in that crowd. Over 500 brethren at one time. He was here after he was raised from the dead. He, he, he manifested himself and, was, and, and, and uh, 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 revealed himself to people that he had selected, not openly to everyone, but to people that he chose to reveal himself to during those 40 days. 40 days. There wasn't one day of those 40 days that Jesus was golfing. Not one day he didn't take a day off. When you, have a, when you have a glorified body, you don't need a day off. You don't need to rest. You know, when Jesus was at the well and the woman, you know, at the well, he, 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 he stopped to take rest and to be refreshed. Glory to God. Amen. He, he, he needed to be refreshed because he was just like we are in our earthly frame. You know, we need refreshing. We need rest sometimes. But when he was raised from the dead, he didn't need water. He didn't need drink. He didn't need food. He was, he was in a glorified body for 40 days. I guarantee you he was continually manifesting himself and teaching and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and to the coming of the Holy Spirit. The thing he had been talking about just before he went to the cross, what was the last thing he was talking about? The comforter's coming. The Holy Spirit's coming. Get ready. Don't go anywhere. Wait on him. Praise God. And then when you get filled with the Spirit, then go all over the world with him. Hallelujah. But during those 40 days, I know that's what he talked about. I just know it. I don't have evidence, but I know it because it's consistent with the word. 40 days. On one occasion, there was over 500 people. Over 500 could have been a 1,000 or more when you count everybody. But on the day of Pentecost, there was only 120 assembled together. Think about that, 120. Where was everybody else? On Facebook, I guess. Can you imagine if you had been there, if you had, had, had been like you have been in the past and just chose to just not bother to assemble together today, just let something else enter in and take the place of assembling together with the saints. You've done it. Don't look at me like that, like you're all holy. You're mostly holy, but you're not all holy. Now, come on. Just, just think about it. If you had taken that day to go do something else, anything else, how would you have felt after you heard what happened in Jerusalem? My, oh, my, oh, my. The news. I mean, you didn't even have to hear it from the other Christians. You could hear, people were talking about it all over Jerusalem. It was the roar in Jerusalem. It was the story. It was front page. Everybody was talking about what God did, how God came down. You're thinking, what was so important? What was, what was I thinking to miss that? I'll tell you what, it's, it, it pays in these last days. 
It's important in these last days that we value the things of God. Amen. We value them. And we realize that, that when God is meeting with his people and he meets with us in a special way when we assemble together in a way and to a degree that he doesn't meet with us at other times. In your personal and private prayer life and your devotions, the Spirit of God will meet with you. But there's something about the collective gathering of his people. There's something called the, the corporate anointing that is stronger than any other anointing. And he, when, when we meet together, I tell you what, he has something for us. Glory to God. And we need to, we need to always remember that uh, you know, God works with us. He doesn't dictate how often we meet. He just said whenever you meet together. Whenever the church comes together, he said. He lets us choose, but every time we, every time we choose, we, we, we're coming not because of a date we chose. We're coming together because we sense the draw of the Spirit of God. I've said it many times. The church is the assembling together of people that are assembling not because they choose to assemble but because they, the word ecclesia means the assembling of people that are called together for a purpose. And I've said it many times, I'm gonna keep saying it. You might not sense or feel you know, something grabbing you by the neck of the neck and dragging you to church on Sunday morning. But if you stay full of the Holy Ghost during the week, I guarantee you when it comes close to service time, there's something on the inside that begins to stir. There's an anticipation. Oh, there's, a, there's a, a, a something on the inside that's drawing you. You're not, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're not looking, you're not dreading coming to church. There's something on the inside that begins to warm, begins to stir on the inside. Oh, glory to God. We're gonna get together and sing his praises. We're gonna get together and feed on the word. We're gonna get together and pray and worship the Lord and his power is gonna be in manifestation. He's gonna meet with us, his presence. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And the key was they came together in one place, in one accord, not other places, one place, one accord. Now, when I say not in other places, I'm not talking about other churches. Each place is a place. Each church is a place. Each, each assembling where God calls people together is a place. That's where he is. He's not in the other places that are not related to that. Not in that sense. Amen. He meet, we meet together in one place for a purpose. It says on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one place in one accord. I tell you what, there is something about united prayer, united worship, united praise that brings on the manifestation and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. There's just something about coming together united in hunger, united in, in see, we're, again, we're not talking about being united in everybody being forced to think the way, same way. We'll all never always think the same way. You don't want to think like me all the time, I guarantee you. Amen. No, he's talking about in spirit, in heart, in purpose, in hunger for God. That when we come together, there, there's something about coming together in that expectancy that we share with one another that causes God's spirit to manifest, causes demonstrations of the spirit and of power. Glory to God. We talked about demonstrations of the spirit and demonstrations of power in the preaching of the gospel, but it's not just in the, in the initial preaching of the gospel to the lost. His, he wants to demonstrate himself when he meets with us. Why would he want to demonstrate himself to the world, not demonstrate himself to us? Why would he want to manifest himself to people who aren't saved, not manifest himself to his own children? Yeah, right. Amen. I love my neighbors, but not like my family. Amen. Amen. I mean, my family's my family. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour everything into my family. I'm going to give everything I have to my family, to my own. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. I tell you, God wants, to, God wants to do a lot. He wants to do a lot. And you know what? I've made up my mind that I'm going to entertain the Spirit of God. I'm going to respond. Pastor Greg talked about when, you know, when, uh, when Elijah was, uh, uh, you know, talking to Ahab. 
And he told Ahab to get ready, that there was an abundance of rain coming. He said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. There was no sign of rain. And, and there was no natural sound. If, if other people would have heard it, he wouldn't have had to say, I hear it. He said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Ahab and the others listening probably went, yeah, I don't hear anything. I think you're crazy. Faith hears things that other people can't hear. Faith sees things that other people can't see, praise God. Hallelujah. He had revelation. He had revelation of what God was going to do. And there are people in the church today that are sounding the, the alarm, so to speak, raising the alarm, sending out the message, getting the church ready. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain, the abundance of an outpouring of the Holy Ghost like this world has never seen. Some of us hear it. Some of us can see it by the eye of faith. I can hear it. I can see it. I know it, praise God. There's a coming deluge, a coming outpouring of the power of God and the spirit of God. And just like the prophet said, you need to get yourself ready to run with it. You need to get ready to move with it. You need to get into a place where it doesn't sweep you away in destruction, but it sweeps you up in blessing. He sent his servant out. Go look and see what you see in the sky. His servant came back and said, I don't see anything, master. He said, you better go look again. He went and looked again. He came back. I still don't see anything. He said, go look again. He did that seven times. And finally, finally his servant came in. And he said, well, I did see this little old cloud just about the size of a man's hand up, about that big around up in the sky. You know, it's a big old sky. There weren't any clouds in the sky. You know, from, from one horizon to the other, that's a big sky. Little old cloud about that big. That's not very big. He said, I, I, see, I see a little cloud, about the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, that's the beginning. That's what I've seen. That's what I've been talking about. But he said, what he was saying was, it's bigger than it appears. There's more on the horizon. There's more coming than that little cloud. He said, it's just a, it's just a small foretaste, just a small demonstration of what's going to come. So he said, you better get your chariot together. You better get yourself going, I'm telling you, because it, there's a storm approaching. Hallelujah. Well, we've been, we've been sounding the alarm now. Glory to God that there's a mighty outpouring of the Spirit. And we trust that people listen and take it to heart. And, and when God begins to manifest just that little cloud, listen, we haven't seen the storm yet. All we've seen is the little cloud. That's, we haven't seen the big stuff yet. God has some big stuff. God has a mighty outpouring of rain. And, and, and we haven't seen it yet, the manifestation of it. But, but we've seen that, that small manifestation. Glory to God. And it was enough to cause... Uh, Elijah to get up and begin to run in the Holy Ghost. Just that little manifestation caused him to get up and run 14 miles from Carmel to Jezreel. It's 14 miles and he outran Ahab in his kingly chariot, no doubt with multiple horses, multiple horsepower and, and, and the prophet just started running, praise God, in the power of the, that had to be in the power of the Holy Ghost. He started running when he saw just the, just the, the, the sign of, of a little cloud, praise God. <laughs> Pastor Greg said, if you can't move with the small manifestation, the small quickening of the spirit. You know, if you can't move in response to the cloud the size of a man's hand, you will not move with the outpouring when it comes. You won't. You won't. You, you, you can be swept away in the wrong way. If you're not flowing with the, with the things of God, the outpouring can bless and it can, and it can wash some things away too. I don't want to get caught in the washout. Amen. I want to be caught up in the tide. I want to ride the tide, glory to God, of the outpouring. 
But Pastor Greg made an excellent point. He said, if you can't move with that small manifestation of the cloud the size of a man's hand, then, then you're not ready for the outpouring. Amen. I, I made up my mind, and, 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 uh, and I talked about this last week. I really hadn't presented that here, but last week in the church in Texas where I was ministering, I talked about the fact that, you know, it's time to respond to the quickening of the Spirit when it comes. It's time to, if you won't respond with that little quickening, then you won't respond when it becomes greater. See, a lot of people are waiting on God to just fall on them. They're wanting, they're wanting something to happen where God's Spirit just overwhelms them and just takes them over. And, and, and then they'll be glad to move. And I'm gonna tell you what, God does some stuff like that. He does some things like that. The power of God can fall on you in, in a way that you don't even hardly have to yield to. I mean, boom, it's just there. You've told, I've told you about the time that uh, <clears throat> I got drunk in one of Brother Hagin's meetings. The service, had, this was down in Lakeland at Reggie Scarborough's church. And, and Brother Hagin had been ministering that week. And, and uh, Cindy Cool had taken the youth down there. I think they had taken their break, their winter break. And they were down there and they were in the service and been there, I think, several nights. And I think this was the last night. I'm not, I think it was. And... Uh, and, and so after the service, the youth had left the service and had gone to the restaurant close to the hotel where they were staying. And I was supposed to come later, you know, and meet them there. And uh, Brother Ike uh, was, was with me and he was going to ride with me. And so we were going to, as soon as church were out, we were going to meet Cindy and the rest of the kids, you know, at the, at the restaurant. But that service that night had been one of those hilarious services where the power of God fell and people were laughing and shouting and dancing and just a manifestation of the Spirit. And for some reason, I couldn't get into it that night. I wanted to. Have you ever been there? You know, people are laughing and you want to get in on the laughing and everybody just, they're just holding their belly and laughing and you want to, you want to experience that. I did. And so I just kind of, <laughs> you know, just trying to get in there. Flat. You know what I'm talking about? Just, you know what I'm talking about? Just flat. I wanted to get in on it. I tried to step into it. I'm going to make myself laugh. You know, surely it'll catch me, you know. Nothing, just flat. Ha, 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 ha. And I, I felt a little disappointed, you know. I wanted to get in on what God was doing. I had a hunger for it. But, you know, the service ended. You know, the Spirit of God moved, but then the power of God waned, and Brother Hagin or somebody closed the service, and it's, I think it was a Sunday night or Friday night. The service is over. Let me get, I want to make sure you understand it. The service was over. It was concluded. The power of God was over. The show was over. So I wanted to talk, before I went to the restaurant, I wanted to talk to somebody on the platform, Raymond Singer's a man, I don't remember who it was, but I, I came down front, you know, and I was standing about the second or third row of, of, of pew, you know, close in the center of the church. And I'm waiting because they were talking to different people. I thought, well, I'll just wait on them to come down from the platform, then I'll talk to whoever it was. And uh, Marty Blackwelder was on the platform, and I'm standing... Ike was standing here off to my side. We weren't even talking. I wasn't talking to anybody. I'm standing there waiting to talk to somebody. And so I'm just watching this, just didn't know what I was going to see. Suddenly I saw Marty with this wild look on his face. And instead of coming down the steps, he jumped off the platform. It's kind of high. He jumped off the platform and ran down to the front pew. And a pastor that I knew from, from uh, Ohio, Pastor Caminetti, Mike Caminetti, he and his wife, they were on the second or third row. They were talking to somebody. Now, the service was over. So this was a, an auditorium about seat, about 1,200 people in the main auditorium, about 800 in the, in the balcony. Most people were, were, had left or were leaving. You know how church is emptying out. People are standing around talking. There weren't there many people left. Marty comes running down there, and he, you know, he just likes to jump on furniture for some reason. But <laughs> He jumped up on the pew and reached over and, and surprised the Caminetti. They, they didn't expect this either. He just ran over and put his hands on them, and they fell out. 
Well, I'm standing at the other end. It's a long pew. It's probably as long as for me to Veronica, you know, and, and the bench there, and I'm standing on the other, just watching it, minding my own business. <laughs> the service is over. The party's over. Minding my own business, not expecting anything, not asking for anything, just watching it. And when, and when Marty put his hands on that pastor and his wife's head, the power of God hit me down here. And as quick as you could snap your fingers in the blink of an eye, I was completely drunk. I mean falling on the floor drunk. I, I, I didn't expect it. I wasn't, ex- I wasn't looking for it. But it hadn't crossed my mind. Now, I tried to get in on, it on the service and couldn't get in on it. But here I am minding my own business. Church is over. And like that, I'm just drunk. I mean... The power of God hit me and I fell in the floor and you know when you're drunk, you start laughing. I mean, it was hilarious. I fell in the floor and and, and it got on Ike and he fell in the floor and the two of us are just like, do you remember that? Were you there or did you hear about it? You were there, you saw that? Oh, I didn't know that. I fell, we fell in the floor and we're holding our belly just just laughing and laughing. Just com- didn't care what anybody thought. My point was the Holy Ghost can fall on you like that. We, we laid there on the floor and rolled around in the floor and laughed for a few minutes. And, you know, service is over. People are leaving. Ushers want to close the auditorium. People are waiting on us. And, and it's a long stretch up that long walkway, you know, that long center aisle. And so Ike and I crawled up that. We got to get out of the church. There are people waiting on us. And we couldn't walk. We, I tried to walk and fall on the floor. We literally on our hands and knees, we, we, knees, we crawled up that floor, just crawled. And, and one or two times along the way, there were still a few people in the auditorium visiting and we ran into some friends sitting on the right hand side and we crawled up to them and they're looking at us like what in the world's going on and it got on them and they fell out and so we, we, we rejoiced with them for a while drank with them for a while and then we made our way on up and I, and I remember the, the last person we, we met was the Du Bois uh, Tom and, and uh, Patty Du Bois pastors from, from uh, uh, Daytona area and, uh, and we got up to them, and, and they started laughing. And we just rolled around on the floor a while, and they sat there and laughed at us, you know. And, and I remember, here's the funny thing. I remember there were people in the auditorium. It was a big auditorium. People were looking at us like, really? Church is over. And, and I know what I would have been thinking. In a, in a situation, I know how my mind would think. My mind would be thinking, okay. You know, we've had a good service and the Holy Ghost has moved, but church is over. Brother Hagin's dismissed and now you're just milking this. You just won't turn loose. You know, it's church is over. Give it a rest. That's what I would be thinking. And, and I looked out and there were people, just a couple of people standing around, you know, talking and, and I saw some people looking at us from across the auditorium. They had that look on their face like, seriously. And you talk about funny that was the funniest thing to me because I knew exactly what they were thinking. I would have thought the same thing. But we were so drunk, we couldn't, I mean, we could not get up. So finally, we crawled and we were, and we were getting ready to go. We were, we were approaching the back doors, big doors that open, swing out into the lobby. How are we going to get out? You know, they're waiting on us at the restaurant. And, and so we, we made it up to the doors and, and, and we, we managed to get ourselves up at this point just you know, because we got to get out the doors. And so we got up and pushed the doors open to get out and we fell bodily into the, into the foyer. <laughs> Just fell out on the floor there. Well, the people in the, in the auditorium, I mean, out in the foyer, they really didn't know what was going on. We really got stares then. Like, seriously, people? You know, they're covering the book tables right now. They're packing their stuff up and you're laying around in the floor drunk. It's over. We fell out in the floor. We laid out in the floor of the foyer for a few minutes. And, and, and we realized, you know, we got, they're waiting on us at the restaurant. And, and I've got to drive. 
And so, you know, the power of God lifted off of us a little bit. We got up and, and we walked, staggered to the front doors. And, and, and we opened the doors and I was parked right out, right out front. And I told Ike, I said, what are we going to do? I, I, I can't drive. He said, I can't drive either. I said, why don't you drive? He said, I can't drive. <laughs> so we get in, in my vehicle and my Explorer, I think, you know, and, and we backed out and I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, you got to help me now. This is, I'm enjoying this, but I can get locked up. <laughs> and so we backed out, you know, and, and that part of town in Lakeland, this was a part of town that uh, had been more of, an, uh, of a, uh, it was an older section of town. People had moved out. It wasn't necessarily like a bad side of town, but it wasn't, a lot of people had moved out. Businesses had moved out and stuff. If you've ever been there, it was just kind of a, it was kind of deserted at night. You know, there weren't, fortunately, there was not a lot of traffic, you know. And I, and, I, and I pulled out from the parking lot, ran up over the curb, boom, boom, you know. I thought, Lord, you, you got to help me. This is not going to work. I'll never make it to the, I'll never make it to the restaurant. I'll, I'll run into somebody or a policeman will catch me. And I'll, what am I going to say? I'm drunk. That's not going to go over real good. So I said, Lord, you got to help. So, you know, the, it, it lifted and, and we were able to drive without incident the rest of the way. We got to the to the uh, restaurant, by the time we got there, we were, you know, we were pretty much over it. But I said all that to say that the power of God can fall on you like that. Well, that's you doing anything, just surprise you. He does that sometimes. I've had him do that on a couple of other occasions. But, but do you suppose that would have happened to me if during the service when the Holy Ghost was moving, if I'd stood here like this and said, well, I'll believe it when I experience it. I don't, you know, I don't see all the, the sense of any of this. I mean, if, 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 if I felt what they say they're feeling, I'd respond the same way. But I don't feel anything. I don't know what the big deal is. You think that would have happened to me after church? Seriously, do you? No. See, it's, it's having a hunger for the things of God and, and, and having a desire to flow with the Spirit of God. Yeah, some things like that can happen, but they don't usually happen that way. Usually they happen with a real gentle prompting on the inside. Just a, just a, just a prompting. Amen. I, I talked about this last week. Sometimes I think, I know some of you feel like, well, you're just hammering us. You know, well, you know, yield to the Spirit. Yield to the Spirit. Get in. You know, don't quench the Spirit. Pastor Angela, Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago, she took, you remember you were here, she took that roll of toilet paper. And, and had, had Drew run up the aisle and he was unfoiling and unrolling that roll of toilet paper. And then every now and then she would stop and break it. She said, you know, don't break the anointing. And, and, and I turned, I was sitting here and I turned over this way to look. And, and the look on, on, on most people's face was amusement. But one or two people were looking like, I could kill you. They were looking that way at my wife like. Yeah. Some people get mad when the pastor's trying to exhort them, but other people get glad. Because other people, Iris came to, to, to Angela the next day, the text, she texted her the next day and said, you know, she said, I bought some toilet paper from Sam's and it wasn't perforated. You know, in the, in the individual sheets, the machine didn't perforate it right. It was just one wrong, long continue. She said, that's the kind of Christian I want to be. I want to be, I want to be the, the one where there's no break in the move of the Spirit. <laughs> now, one person was mad and she was glad. But they both heard the same thing. Wonder what the difference was. Wasn't in what Angela said because they both heard the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So I know sometimes people feel like, well, you just hammer us about moving with the Spirit. Listen, what, what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get people to respond to the man's hand. You know, just the gentle uh, move of the Holy Spirit. Don't wait until for God to yank you out of the aisle and throw you in the floor. Because if you don't, want, if you won't yield to the little, he'll, you'll never get that experience. I've had the Holy Ghost come on me and, and just catch me up in the Spirit and, without even expecting it. 
but it's when I've been yielded at other times. Amen. So I'm, I gave this instruction. I think this will help you last week. When you are inspired or moved upon in the service, now I'm not talking about move, moved upon, you think you want to do something to take over the service or change the direction. That's not, that's, not, that's not the role of the layperson to change the direction of the service. Amen. What we're talking about is when the Holy Spirit moves on you in some kind of a demonstration of the Spirit or a spiritual gift and it's the, and it's the appropriate time, then when that comes on you, yield to it. See, for instance, right now, now we've laughed and we've, we've had a good time, but right this, in the last few seconds right now, this is, I, I'm, just, I'm just talking real uh, seriously and everything is nice and calm. Now probably wouldn't be the time. It just wouldn't fit right now. Just right now. Well, not right now. It might fit now. But, but you know, when, when I'm teaching something and I'm really involved in a technical, you know, and the Spirit of God's moving in that teaching gift and I'm explaining the Word of God, that's not often the time to suddenly jump up and start running or shouting. That's going to distract from what I'm doing. But there are other times, it might be now, but there are other times when 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 the preacher's preaching and there's a spark. You know what I'm talking about? There's a spark, glory to God. And, and, and yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I told the church in Texas, I said, when that, get, get to the place, move to this place. This is where I've moved to. I've moved to the place when it's an appropriate time in the, in the service, the Spirit of God moves on me. Listen, listen, listen real carefully. The preacher's not unlike anyone else. The preacher's not unlike anyone else. When the Spirit of God moves and I get that quickening, I do the same thing you do. Hmm, well, I don't know. <laughs> I do the same thing. Well, nobody else is moving. Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, seems like I, I, I sure would like, a, like to run right now, but I don't, what would people think? I, I, I don't know. Listen, there's no difference. That's, that, that is human nature. But like I've said before, remember, human nature is sinful nature. It's fallen nature. Paul said that, that we were not supposed to act like mere unchanged men, mere natural men. Listen, natural thinking and natural response when it's associated with the things of God will keep you out of the things of God. Natural thinking hinders you from flowing in the supernatural. I'm talking about when the, when the things of God, where the things of God are involved and where the Spirit of God is natural, moving natural things will, and thinking will keep you out of it. And I've made up my mind, if the Spirit of God moves on me, if it's the right time of the service, I'm going to shout, I'm going to run, I'm going to dance. I don't, I'm not looking for somebody else. Did you notice right then when Doug moved that somebody else moved? It was boom and then it spread. Did you notice that? Sometimes... God is just somebody, just somebody to yield to the Holy Ghost. Just somebody. But it ain't gonna be me. And that's, that's multiplied by a dozen people. But it's not gonna be me. I don't, I'm not gonna step out there. I'm gonna wait till a pastor does something. Yeah.
<laughs> oh, glory to God. I made up my mind, I'm gonna yield to the Spirit of God. I'm gonna yield to the Holy Ghost. To the best of my ability, when the Spirit of God moves on me, I am going to respond. I run, mommy. <laughs> Ooh, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are three ways, that, no, there are two ways to enter into the move of the Spirit. Okay, there are two ways. One is when the, when the anointing comes on you. That's the, that's the, that's the most preferred way. That's the, that's the way you can't afford to miss. When the Spirit of God moves on you and you don't respond, you are, I don't, I'm not trying to be heavy, but you are resisting the Spirit. You're, you're, the spirit is moving on. You just, you know what I'm talking about. You just, you just something on the inside. Is, oh boy, I just feel like shh, dancing right now, just jumping up and tearing loose. That's the spirit of God moving on. When you don't respond, you're resisting the spirit. Amen. And and when when the spirit is quenched, remember we are a body. We are a collective. God sees us as a body a distinct body of believers, a, a temple of God. And when people quench the move of the Spirit, then there's not much more he, he can or will do. And so what, I'm, what we're trying to, to get across is when you, when you sense the Spirit move on you, you know, it, it's appropriate to consider, is this the right time in the service? But if it is, like I said, if there's preaching and it's just a time where there's, it's just... It's, it's, there's that spark, there's that time, there's, go with it, yield to it, throw caution to the wind. You'll find that you'll have, just like Doug, a bunch of people will jump in with you. Amen. Now there's another way of getting in on the spirit is, is whenever the Holy Ghost is moving and you don't really feel anything, but you just have a desire to get in on that. You can, you, without any anointing without the spirit of God moving on you it is appropriate just to if other people are dancing just get up and dance and the Holy Spirit will move with you if you will move with him he will reciprocate and he'll move with you now there's but here's the thing you need to know there's a concerning this just uh, jumping in when other people are, are moving in the spirit there's something you need to see there's a fine line between just putting on something. Okay? 
and, and being in the flesh. That's one thing that around here we've never tried to do is to work up something. Work up the service. You know, have a certain song list, have a certain, you know, way of doing things, trying to work something. I don't believe in that. I, I want the Spirit of God to move. There, there's, that is right to, to follow the Spirit's leading in the, in the choice of music and, it, and you might have a sense that God's wanting to do something with you, with the music team, and you're led that way. But trying to work something up and just being in the flesh is really obnoxious spiritually. And sometimes people, like I said, there's a fine line between having a heart that just wants to, to flow with what God's doing and then just trying to put on something to impress somebody else so that other people will think you're in the flow, that you're in the spirit. Don't do that. I remember this, this story, and you probably do too, Dad Hagen used to tell, in one of the churches he pastored, he said this church was a dancing church. I mean, shouting, running, dancing, just any kind of demonstration of the spirit you could think of. And it had been that way before he took the church. That was just their culture. He said, I mean, they would shout and run and dance at the drop of a hat. He said the spirit of the Lord had never moved on him that way. He had never danced in the spirit. And he said this church, they did it all the time. And he was their pastor. And he said he could see from the expression and the light, the glory that was on people's faces, he could see that it was of God and that God blessed them. And he said, you know, I, I wanted to experience it. I could see that, that it was of God. I could see that they got a blessing from it. He said, I just, the Spirit of God never moved on me that way. He said, so one night they had a service and people were, were dancing and running and shouting and he, had, he, was so, he was so hungry. In other words, he wanted to experience that. He said, I didn't feel the move of the Spirit. I wasn't anointed to do it. I wasn't led of this Holy Ghost. He just said to himself, I'm going to get in on this. And he jumped off the platform. In the, he said, I was totally in the flesh. But understand, not in the bad way. He just, he just wanted to get in. He said he jumped off that platform. And by the time his feet hit the floor, he was in the Spirit. He said he danced in the spirit so, so wildly and fastly, he spun around. They said that his coattail stood straight out behind him like this. He danced so hard. And he said he got a blessing that he had never received in his life up until that. He experienced a, a place in the spirit that he had never been before. So it's okay if you want to get in, jump in. Amen. There have been times when I've been in a service and people were laughing and Spirit of God didn't come on me that way. I just started laughing with them. Like I said, this particular night, I, I tried it and nothing happened. But there have been other times I, I've just laughed because other people were laughing and then, then the anointing came. I began to laugh in the Spirit. So there, there are two ways. If the Spirit moves on you, absolutely yield to that. So let's, let's as a church, let's make that a goal. All of us agree together that we're going to respond to the move of the Spirit in this church. We're going to let the Holy Ghost do what he wants to do. And when he moves on us, caution to the wind. We're going we're to obey God. Amen. And, and then, like I said, if others are moving that way and, and you want to get in on it, just, just step out a little bit and see what the Holy Ghost will do. Amen, because a lot of times he'll take you on if you'll just step out in faith. Glory to God. Now, now, and I said this last week, you'll think this is funny, but this, is, this needs to be said. We want to respond to the move of the Spirit. If the Spirit of God moves upon you to dance, to run, or to do whatever he moves on you to do, but what, what if you sense the Spirit of the Lord moving on you and you feel like you're supposed to get up and do like this all across the church. I wouldn't suggest you do that. There's two things to consider. Do we have scripture for it? Now we have scripture. I went over this, remember? We have scripture for running by the inspiration of the Spirit. I just talked about Elijah when he ran. We have, we have uh, scripture for laughing. Remember, uh, 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 Sarah said, the Lord made me laugh. 
Remember that? And, and so we have scripture for that. We have scripture for dancing. Remember David danced before the Lord with all his might, spinning around, whirling around. We have, we have scripture for certain manifestations of the spirit. Last week, uh, uh, a couple of people began to, to dance like that and they fell out on the floor and they started rolling. We had holy rollers. That's where that term came from. The, a couple of men, they're on two different sides of the church and they hit the floor and I was watching it and you could tell they didn't fall down with the intention of rolling. They were just yielding to the spirit in, 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 in dancing and the Holy Ghost came upon them and they just fell out and then they just began to roll. Well, we don't have scripture for rolling. Do you? I don't know. Do you do any rolling scriptures? Now, we do know on the day of Pentecost that they were drunk. And that can, that can contain a lot of things. People are drunk. You know, you know how people act when they're drunk. They do things that, you know, that, that are common, that are not, you know, they're associated with being drunk. And I suppose rolling might be one. I don't know. I've never seen any, you know, alcoholic drunks rolling unless they were on a hill. <laughs> but, uh, but we have precedent in the move of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? We don't have scripture for rolling, but we have precedent in the move of God. In, in, in the annals of Pentecostal history, we have things that people have done that haven't been in the Bible, but they, they, they happened with some consistency. They're recorded as being associated with an outpouring of the Spirit, and they produce good fruit. See, in the Great Awakenings here in America, was it the, when was that? Was it the 1740s when, when Jonathan Edwards, when was that? When was that? Is that right? 1740s when Jonathan Edwards, you know, Massachusetts, he preached that, that uh, powerful message, you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God. And, and uh, a, a, a renewal swept the colonies. And it was, a, it was a move of the Holy Ghost. And in those services, people, people, that one, one prominent feature of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit is people would just cry out, just scream out in agony. Just scream out, cry, just this yelling and screaming, this bitter screaming. Well, you know, that caused a lot of concern among all of these stage, you know, conservative New England preachers and churches. And there were other manifestations of the Spirit. People fell out. People cried out in, in service when preaching. People would just scream out just under conviction and just weep and cry. And, and, and uh, <clears throat> well, why was that? One of the distinctive features of this revival was the preaching on sin. Because up until that time, uh, when that revival came, when, when the colonies were first established, people came over, you know, the Puritans came over and they were hungry for God. But this was the next generation. This was their children at this time. And, and there was this cold, lifeless, unspiritual uh, 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 entrance into the church. And they were letting people join the church who had never been saved. They just let them make, a, if you'll make a confession, you can join the church. And the church was full of people that weren't saved. And in this revival, what God was, was bringing a, a to, attention to and focus on was genuine Christianity as opposed to phony religion. And they were preaching on ungodliness and live right and, and get right with God, get truly saved. Leave sin and debauchery behind. Because all of these things, all these people were in the church and they were drinking and carousing. And so under the, under the preaching of that message and the, and the, and the, uh, 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 the Spirit of God confirming that, people would cry out in service, just cry out in agony over their sin. Well, they didn't have as much light as we have. And the Holy Ghost was moving on them in the best way he could at that time. And so... There were, there were those demonstrations of the Spirit that were associated with a genuine move of God. And the clergymen, there was a big controversy. There were two opposing camps among the clergymen. Some people were for the quote-unquote demonstrations. They called them the demonstrations that were going on in the meetings. 
And there were clergy, clergy who was in favor of the demonstrations and they wrote lengthy letters and, and there were, and there were uh, and articles and published them and there were clergy that was against the demonstration. But you know what took the day? You know what decided it? What was the outcome? What was the fruit of it? And they finally, even a lot of those who were against it began to see, yet we don't understand it, but the churches are growing. Christianity is being restored, a very vibrant, a very real, genuine experience. And the churches grew, I mean, exponentially in, in New England where there was, you know, a small number of churches and congregations. I mean, their churches were spreading. The denominations were doubling their, their numbers of churches. They couldn't keep up with it. So even the people that were against it said, we don't understand all this foolishness, but there's good come out of it. So what I'm saying is, whenever you feel like the Spirit of God's moving on you, if it's something that, that's weird, now, now some people will think just what you saw tonight was weird. This is real weird. People shouting and running like this, that, for most of Christians, that is way over the top. That is out of the ballpark. Not, not gonna consider that. That's loony. But we know we have scripture for it. Well, if something, if you, if you sense the spirit of God moving, we, because I, I'm convinced that God wants to do some things we haven't seen. I do not believe everything that happened during the first few years of the church, I don't believe everything was recorded in the book of Acts. I know it wasn't. The first few chapters spread to cover a, year, a period of 10 years. The first 10 chapters of Acts covers the first 10 years and you can read it in 30 minutes. So a lot went on that's not recorded in scripture, okay? So I, don't, I think we, we need to have what they had but I don't think we need to limit ourselves to what the Holy Ghost wants to do because in this revival, it's gonna look different God's gonna do some different things but if God moves on you to do something that's really out there, just do, do this for me. Is there scripture or is there precedent? Is there precedent in other moves of God? Now, you might not know enough about other moves of God. Follow the lead of, those, of the leaders in the church. And if you feel like the Spirit of God's moved on you to jump on the chairs with your shoes on, you might want to check with Pastor Angela first. <laughs> Because she might want to say, not, 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 not going to do it. <laughs> Amen. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Let's flow with the Holy Ghost. But let's flow safely. Follow the Spirit. If you don't know, you know, like I said, if, if the Holy Ghost moves on you to do something you've never seen that's really weird, you know, I don't think it's unreasonable to, to question. I don't think it's unreasonable to, to, to question that and say, you know what, I'm going to talk to somebody about that. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. But if you, if you know that it's something the Holy Ghost does and he moves on you, don't sit there like I've done and you've done. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like running, but I'm not going to be the first one. Or now, I should have stepped out and now everybody else is running and so now I don't want to run because people think I'm just running because other people run. Natural thinking will keep us out of the supernatural. We can't allow our natural thinking to keep us out of what God's doing. Amen. I didn't set my clock, so it, doesn't, it looks like I haven't spent any time tonight. It's like zero. So I could start it now. I better not. Has this helped you tonight? Yeah. Glory to God. I tell you what, I've made up my mind. I'm moving with God. I'm moving with God. I'm, now, in this morning service, the Spirit of God moved on me. Tonight's service, other, you know, other people were doing it. I didn't sense the move of the Spirit on me. But, but I've moved enough in the Spirit that I know the difference. Amen? If the Holy Ghost moves on me, I, I'm telling you what, I, I might embarrass you. If you don't like it, you're just going to be embarrassed because I'm going to move with God. Amen. I'm going to move with God. I don't care. If nobody else is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to the Holy Ghost to the best of my ability. When the Holy Ghost prompts me, I'm going to give in to it. Amen. I'm going to go with it. Will you do that? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Father, for your presence. We value your presence. We value the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, the demonstrations of the Spirit. We value your presence in anything you want to do in us and among us. Father, we want you to do it. Anything the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and among us, we want him to do it. We give permission. We, we, we add our agreement, not just our permission, but our active agreement. And we, and we submit our will. We want what he wants. We want what you want. Hallelujah. So we trust you, Father, to help us to lead us in the right paths, to take us where we need to go, to do among us what would glorify you and what would glorify Jesus, what would bring honor to the, to the gospel and the preaching of the gospel. And we trust the Holy Spirit enough to believe he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Glory to God. So we don't have to question we don't have to question and wonder if it's right. If it's scriptural or if there's precedent and it's been a blessing, then we know it's safe. It's okay. Glory to God. And we want what you want, Father. Hallelujah. Move in this church. Move in this church. Father, we know there is a great outpouring coming. And we're not going to fail to respond to the cloud the size of a man's hand. We're not going to fail. We're going to yield to that. We're going to see that. And we're going to see more. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence. Just lift your hands and thank you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.